worldtalkradio.com, the World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water. Many years ago, when I decided to have my own radio talk show with World Talk Radio, Voice America, now with Apple iTunes, I said I would like to tell the world about the power of water and to come on the air and have guests from all over the world, and we've had them from all over the world on our show. We've gone into their countries and discussed why water is the most vital part of your life. It is startling when we see something uh, every day for three billion years because water has been surrounding the planet Earth for three billion years and the air we breathe. And it's the air we breathe with that water that is vital to your everyday living. You forgot about it, the water that is in the air called humidity. But the water on the surface of the Earth is diminishing slowly and we don't have as much as we once did. That Fresh water is vital to all life on earth. There is some, a life in that water that we cannot leave behind. We must consider it every day as the most vital life and death subject there is. And when we find out that around the world the priority is other subject matters more personal to individuals in many positions that we pay an enormous amount of money to. We put a lot of money into projects in our governments and in our companies. We forget the the only priority would be, number one priority would be water, fresh water. And that's what this show is all about. We've had guests that are just committed with their passion, Without the guests on the show, this show would not be. And a lot of times when I am done with the show, I go, wow, what did we learn today? And today we have James Arnold, who is the Environmental Restoration Manager for the Oregon Military Department. We're going to discuss recycling water. And something that a lot of people haven't understood, Camp Riley is the only National Guard installation to recycle wastewater in the United States, to have improved it to the point that they could recycle water on their base at Camp Riley in Oregon. We're going to learn a lot about recycling water. It is vital. Water is important to all of you. Our second guest is Sharon Olson. She's the author of Improve Your Health with Minerals. Inflammation in the body could be the root to all of our diseases. I would call it dehydration, too. So we'll have a lot of fun with all of us going back and forth and trying to understand what is happening with water and what is happening to our water table 
uh, and it's inflammation problems in our own body. But before I get into our guests, I want to remind you, we have 6,000 children a day dying in our, on our planet Earth that don't have clean, safe water. That is inexcusable. Children are suffering all over the world because we're not finding a priority. What's most important is the health issues. I'm putting mine water first. We have other companies in the United States and around the world that are putting water as a priority first. Millions and millions and millions of dollars have gone out. Let's get together and make this a priority so all the world can say eternity is our future. You can go to my website, www.sharingkleinhour.com, and learn about all these passionate guests we've had on. And go to my Facebook, my Twitter, and be sure and listen to me on Apple iTunes. You will get the message that Earth has a whisper. We must study and concentrate on the number one important issue in life is water. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Biologic Aqua Research is the sponsor of my show. I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research. We've been studying water for over two decades. And Biologic Aqua's product, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, was asked by Ophthalmology Research if we would study the eye, the water of the eye. Did you know that at the surface of your eye, at the cornea, is 98% water? So when the eyelid is open, you must maintain 98% water, Nature's Tears Eye Mist is that supplement. It's the only product worldwide to supplement with just a mist of tissue culture grade of water application to give your waters a thirst quenching, pardon me, give your eyes a thirst quenching with water, which is so important to the nature of your eye. Well, listen to our sponsor and be right back with James Arnold. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Jim, are you with us? I am. Good morning. Well, thank you for joining us. And I might tell our audience, Jim, uh, you're the Environmental Restoration Manager at Camp Riley, or is this not just at Camp Riley? Is this 
anything to do with the Oregon National Guard uh, altogether. It is. I work out of the Oregon National Guard headquarters in Salem, and one of the facilities that I support is Camp Raylia there in Warrenton, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And you're uh, a civilian. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you're not That's in correct. the military yourself. Correct. Nope, I'm okay. a civilian uh, support staff with the Oregon National Guard. Okay. Now, tell us before I start talking about the recycling of water and some of the breakthroughs that you've done. Oregon's uh, net zero, uh, what do they mean when you're talking about uh, Army going net zero on environmental impact? When that was a headline, what did that mean? Is net zero your newsletter? Is that your newsletter? It is. And uh, when we say net zero, really, it's a way to look at our water cycle holistically at Camp Rylea, where we use the water efficiently and conservatively and uh, don't deplete the resources over the course of a uh, water year. So basically, we're taking the water out of our aquifer, we're using it efficiently and conservatively, and then we're putting it back into that same aquifer. So in one sense, it's a type of closed-loop operating system. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Jim, um, I, I'm going to come to, I want the audience and you to know, I believe in recycling water. I think it's sad that what comes down on Earth is being all of it's just it's just draining to the ocean because we're getting drier and drier on the surface of the Earth and the soil and the air we're living in doesn't have as much water as we should have, which is the humidity because the climate change changes, you know. And every time Jim, that climate changes that day, that that month, there's a change going on in the environment that we're living in, the air we breathe. So I'm a believer in what you're doing here. I think it's just absolutely exciting. But who came up with this idea for Camp Riley to do this? Because they're the first Army base in the United States to do this. We looked at a number of different options um, with some strategic stakeholders and partners that would allow us to reduce, I guess, our operational footprint in the sense of our water use at Camp Riley. And one of the aspects that came out of that was to incorporate a what's defined as a Class A recycled water system. And what that allows us to do is to take our wastewater effluent and treat it to Class A water standards, and that allows us to reuse that water on the installation for a variety of purposes under Oregon administrative rule and, and Oregon law. And so what we have done at Camp Rylea is chosen to utilize that system for uh, activities such as turf irrigation, and we also have the ability in the future to use that for non-potable plumbing and vehicle washing and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And the outcome of that is that it reduces our demand on the freshwater aquifer. And while we're in a water-rich environment at Camp Rylea on the Oregon coast, it's a great uh, benefit for us because, again, it reduces that demand on the freshwater aquifer. And so it was just one of a number of different options uh, that we looked at in doing some improvements on our water infrastructure at Camp Rylea. And it was one of the uh, options that came out of a feasibility study that we did with our stakeholders. Now, uh, what, who, what made you be – now, this sounds so proactive. 
but again, did you did they decide to to look into it as a feasibility study because they were water was not was diminishing? They were having trouble getting enough water, or was this just being an exciting proactive plan to save the water that? provide a protection to the water that you have, but also begin to utilize the water that you've got without diminishing the what you have. Uh, who Was this a proactive idea? It, it was, but it was also driven by a need to ensure water security for the installation. We go, so we had the ability to secure our mission security. Yeah. And for us, uh, having the ability to implement our own water supply system as well as improve our existing wastewater treatment system and then combine the two of those efforts is really what drove us. So it, it, it got back down to emission security, and that installation uh, has really two missions. It's one, uh, training our Oregon National Guard soldiers, but it also operates as an emergency operations center. Mm-hmm. So we have a secondary mm-hmm. mission to function as a, a relief center or an emergency operations center mm-hmm. and if it should ever be needed. And so mm-hmm. for us, having that standalone, off-the-grid uh, mission capability was really one of the primary drivers that compelled us to evaluate this system and then eventually implement it. Okay, Jim, you, you're, Cram Briley is the first in the United States to do this. We are, I think, at this level. There's a number of uh, other installations around the United States Army installations that are evaluating this, these types of systems. Um, I mean, you actually have done it. We, we have. We and have. so you're the and first to actually have put it in place. You have a uh, you have a environmental plan going on right now. Correct. We do. Okay. And, and how long and has that been in place? We've really, I think this goes back to even the mid-1970s when we developed the wastewater treatment facility at Camp Rylea as it included a reuse component even back then uh, with a pasture management approach. So our wastewater effluent was being reused for turf irrigation and crop irrigation, uh, which, again, that returned it back to the aquifer uh, in which it came from uh, post-treatment. So... What we've done in more recent time periods, starting uh, aggressively in 2003, was to look at ways, again, to improve uh, holistically that treatment process that we had. And, um, again, really it was driven by our our mission goals and objectives, and um, it fit nicely into uh, development of a new water supply system on the installation. So what we ended up with at the end of the day is we have complete off-the-grid operating capability. So we we uh, developed our own water supply system, so we draw the water from two wells on post, and uh, we use that water in a closed-loop function. And at the end of the process, we have the capability to either direct discharge and rapid infiltration basins, which, again, returns it to the aquifer, or we now have the capability to recycle that wastewater effluent and use it for other purposes. And so at the end of the day, the advantage for us is, again, reducing that demand on the freshwater aquifer. And another advantage that we have in being in the Army Net Zero Water Pilot Program is uh, technology transferability. And so we can take the lessons learned that we've had within the Oregon National Guard at Camp Rylea and transfer those lessons to other active duty uh, Army installations around the world. 
Wonderful. Have you been doing something to be able to protect that so that you will have that position worldwide to be involved in that? By protection, yes. because I have a company, and we uh, in, we collect intellectual property values, which our governments all over the world protect, intellectual property values, and that's knowledge of inventions and and um, different technology that's been invented and, and, and created. And I hope you guys were doing that uh, so that you become um, an anchor around the world to be able to be teaching that. Now, uh, real quickly, when you started so far back, and then it was in 2003 that you picked up the gear shift and started going at it in a different way, it sounds like, in a much more aggressive uh, position to be, become more proactive to recycle. We what did, and, and that really dovetailed again back into the mission function for the installation, which included mm-hmm. that emergency operations center mission, as well as water security. And mm-hmm. for us, uh, those were two compelling drivers that had us look uh, again at that whole water cycle for us. And right. uh, what we ended up doing was severing our tie. Uh, on the municipal supply and developing our own system okay. and then improving that wastewater treatment plant process to include the wastewater recycling component. You know what is concerning um, that just came through my mind with a couple of the descriptions you had there is uh, is the security is uh, because everything is going on a computer today with programs that could be hacked. Can you imagine on the water supplies in the United States and around the world if a person just wanted to hack the uh, the, the uh, programs that are on the compute on on the um, on a website to hack uh, that are being programmed, uh, yours would uh, is that uh, is, is that out of that type of of uh, insecurity that it would not be able to be hacked your water supply? It it is by design, so we were uh, operating. Uh, that too off the grid per se, so it's right. not connected, right. and that that's certainly a concern. Uh, security and risk vulnerability exactly. is really something that we factor into Very that. Very few and, people would think that way. Now, um, what do you believe your influence has been uh, here in Oregon to get other uh, other uh, uh, let's say companies and other programs involved in your education to recycle water? Has have you had any influence yet? That's a good question, and and to be honest, I don't know. I think that Mm -hmm. uh, nationally, by participating in the Army's Net Zero Water Program, we're Mm -hmm. having uh, capabilities to do that. Uh, Locally Mm -hmm. here, I think that we'll have greater ability to do that as we go forward. Mm -hmm. That uh, wastewater recycling system is just in its infancy at our facility. We're moving into our first full year of operating uh, that Mm -hmm. system. To provide turf now, irrigation did, did water. You say, did, excuse me for interrupting. We radio talk shows house always interrupt because you'll say somebody will say something, and you know we can't go back as easily. But you just said four years, so you've been you really have felt very good in the last four years. You've got your technology in place. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I I think that uh, as we go forward again, we're going to have more opportunity to okay. transfer that technology to. The, to other users, even here in the state of Wonderful. Oregon. Wonderful. So, yeah, I, I see that as a real positive. Exciting. Oh, it's so exciting because we've had on the show 
uh, what they're doing in Singapore. Have you personally ever studied what they're doing in Singapore with recycling? Not in great depth, no. Yeah, yeah. Singapore uh, is quite a story, so look it up. Uh, they were dependent upon um, another country to be able to get, pipe the water in so they could have enough water. So they decided with the, the many, many, many years of the contract and possibly conflict to the prior price of the water coming from another country, they decided to start studying recycling, and they're almost freedom of, of for that right now, uh, recycling all their water uh, in um, Singapore. And, uh, and I have had people who have been there and said the water is just gorgeous. It's beautiful because it's being recycled and it keeps moving. Uh, now, you know, I had heard on the news just this weekend, uh, my ears just popped up about military bases here in the United States that have had bad water for a long time, and it's being studied right now. Did you hear about that? I did not this weekend, yeah, but I know there are on the news over the weekend. in the case. Yeah, it was just a coincidence um, that it's been no well known in the United States. And isn't it Camp Lejeune that has got bad water right now? Have you heard about it? Uh, not directly. Okay. I, I'm perfectly yeah, they're, familiar with that. Very yeah. bad water. And um, and uh, there's, I guess it's been well known that here in the United States that the military bases have had some bad water for quite some time. So um, you'll probably be having some calls. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they would call you uh, because you've been working at mastering. How long have you been with the project? Uh, since 2003. And that's when I began working with the Oregon National Guard and, and started working the water projects there at Camp Raylia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, and, and so have, have you been doing any traveling and speaking to other, other military bases yourself? Yes, I have, absolutely. And that's, again, partnering uh, through the Army Net Zero Water Program mm-hmm. and uh, routinely meeting with the Assistant Secretary of the Army staff and mm-hmm. the other Net Zero Water pilot installations around the United mm-hmm. States and sharing our success stories and the lessons learned and looking for opportunities on transferability of the technologies that we're employing at these Net Zero pilot installations. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you personally, what is your background? Because obviously they hired you because for a reason. Uh, were you fascinated with this before they hired you for this, or did you become more fascinated with this uh, recycling of water um, because of your position? Well, it, was, it wasn't something that I uh, had done in the past. I've done a lot of water resource-related work over the last 25 years and uh, in the consulting and industrial fields. And when we began looking at the infrastructure improvements at Camp Rylea in earnest in about 2003, that recycling component was one of the aspects that really materialized as another added benefit and uh, avenue, again, to reduce our demand on the freshwater aquifer. And it really dovetailed nicely into that water security component that we were trying to achieve for the installation. Now, what has your, been your outlook on, you know, mine has been for many, many years concerned. We don't put a priority on water first. Uh, it's kind of like Peter Brabeck, the chairman of Nestle. Nestle owns the most amount of water, freshwater businesses in the world, so we have fresh water that we know is safe to drink. Thank God they're doing it, Jim, because 
when you travel the world, you need to know you're going to be able to buy your water and it's not going to come out of a tap that you're uncertain about. Uh, sure. So what he says, and his, some of his latest published uh, uh, articles are writing about him, is you have to put a price on the water because people are thinking because it's free, it's cheap. There's no concern. And all of us find that uh, if you don't put a price on it or it's too, if it's for free, people forget that there's that water is the reason we're on this earth. There is there's nothing above that. It's like Jim, you're 50, uh, 50 trillion cells. Every living thing, uh, personal person is 50 trillion cells of water, and that we walk around wondering why our health is so having challenges, uh, and because we don't we're not drinking enough water, and we need fresh, safe water, and the air you're living in call that air. Humidity is water, and that water has been around Earth for 3 billion years, getting ready 3 billion years ago to turn Earth into what it became. We take that for granted. It's the number one reason we're here and there is an Earth, uh, is that water. So did you ever find yourself getting, uh, like I have, um, and, and the Peter Brabeck and the Nestle Group, have you ever, and other companies and other commitments by companies all over the world that are committed to making sure we don't lose our fresh water. Uh, did you find yourself getting involved in that passion? Oh, absolutely, yes. And I, and I think, again, that exemplifies the holistic approach that the Oregon National Guard has taken with the water infrastructure at Camp Rylea. And it was, again, looking not at just one singular item, but stepping back and looking at the water cycle as a whole as it works through the course of the water year, right, Leah, and learning how we can use the water resource to meet our mission objectives, but then also do it in a way that's sustainable and cost-effective and demonstrates stewardship. And I think we've done that quite well. Stewardship. um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good takeaway lessons there. And, and again, I think that our participation in the Army's Net Zero Water Program Mm -hmm. uh, will help that technology transferability and that we'll see other installations. Now, do you have well. storage of water also? Before I ever get to ask that, too, when you when you use that water, does it come into a pool, uh, like a pond of water, uh, to store it, or you just keep recycling it into the aquifer below? Well, on our water supply side, we draw from two wells, and then mm-hmm. that goes through a treatment system, and then it's mm-hmm. stored in an above-ground storage reservoir, closed reservoir, there we go, a reservoir, and then it goes out through distribution to the installation, and then mm-hmm. upon uh, end use, it goes to our wastewater treatment plant. And then at that mm-hmm. point, we have the ability to either go to rapid infiltration basins or to the recycling plant. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have a lot of flexibility in how well, we I'm very, I'm a believer. The reason I ask that is I'm a believer of reservoirs. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I've studied for over 30 years, that the abundance of water that we had with our reservoir dams around the United States, uh, yes, they needed to be improved. Everything needs to be continually improved. Uh, That's technology, and our technology can improve that because we're learning more every day. But I've had on our show the head of the waters in the Connecticut region coming from Canada with dams along that river, and they've never had trouble. The fish still stay abundant. And, but they do have reservoirs called dams, and the water is clean and fresh uh, from what he said. 
but and I've gone into other states in the United States, and I've gone into other countries, and we've discussed this. But I'm a believer of reservoirs because if we don't have a reservoirs, they call them dams in modern times. Um, reservoirs, what year will we not have enough water per state or per country? And those countries like Saudi Arabia and the Middle East, they're sand for a reason. And there once used to be water there. In Iraq, uh, they had uh, wetlands of the streams of water. And at one time, before Saddam Hussein decided to bulldoze it over to get rid of he did the worst weapons of mass destruction was bulldozing the water to for people to die. So then our troops brought it, started bringing it back again when they arrived, as bringing that water sources back again that they had. But other countries have had water, but they didn't take the priority of protecting it. They didn't have the knowledge that we have. They they felt like because it was coming from the heavens, it would always be coming didn't realize it could be called a drought or a time where it wasn't, it was flowing the wrong directions. People take for granted what comes from that heaven atmosphere, that rain. And, uh, but again, now for you to uh, be doing, what is the most fascinating thing you found with all of this, James? Uh, Jim, uh, I find myself just so involved that you're going to laugh, but, have you ever been walking down the street and see that plate on the on the, on the sidewalk that says water W A T E R water main? I feel like I've invented the word water. <laughs> I've been studying for so long. But what is right. the most fascinating thing you have learned? But di- talking to people that they were not knowledgeable about. What was your most fascinating experiences? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think there's been a number of them, but I think that, uh, again, it gets back to taking a holistic, relatively simplified approach in how we manage our water resources. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes those simple approaches can be the most effective. Well, education. Yeah, the, education the is so world. important, Jim. You know, people, I, what I mean, was meaning is people took for granted and when you started doing what you were doing, probably so far back, people wondered, what are you doing? Um, sure. And, um, but here you are today, a leader, a leader in what you were Camp Riley and you have been doing. That is exciting. Uh, I know for myself, I'm the first in the world to uh, invent an, a technology and a handheld supplement device to be able to take seriously what the air isn't supplying us. And that's the water that's not abundant enough because of weather changes, uh, temperature changes, and more. Indoor conditions, Jim, are worse because of insulated windows and walls and forced air heating and cooling are dehydrating us to death. But back right. to uh, what you've been doing, uh, you guys need to pat yourselves on the back because it's the leadership of the world there to show the world that the priority should be the water and using the water that is available to us and not letting it all go to the ocean. And uh, right. But back to um, yourself personally. Um, now, when you're out there running around and you're talking to people, are you finding excitement? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's a lot of interest in what we're doing. Uh, one of the advantages of being a small installation is that we did have that capability to come up with a vision, a goal, and then go through the regulatory process to permit it 
and mm-hmm. uh, implement it. And based on the size of the installation, not everybody's always going to have that same opportunity to do that from a holistic standpoint. And for us, it's been very exciting because we took a an installation that was uh, tied to municipal water supply. We were able to come up with our own concepts and designs, sever that municipal supply, go on to our own supply system with a modified, improved treatment process on the wastewater side, and really come up with a net zero closed loop process. And it's it's been very exciting, and, okay. and it's very rewarding now. Oh my I'm so proud uh, of that because it is you've done your passion. We feel it in your voice. That uh, now you only have a couple of minutes, a couple of moments left. How would you like to leave the audience? How could they find you? Uh, are you on the website? Oh, absolutely. Yes, they can uh, look us up on the Oregon Military Department website, and uh, we're always happy to work with our public affairs office to get more information out. To now, so do they, do they go to the Na- Oregon National Guard and then Camp R I L E A, Camp Riley? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think the big thing for us, the, the message is that what we ended up with is a sustainable, secure, and capable water supply and treatment system. And, mm-hmm. again, these technologies are readily available. They're transferable. Mm-hmm. And they can work for most any industry or governmental mm-hmm. organization. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's an exciting system. It's, well, I'm going to be introducing somebody to you, uh, Dr. G- uh, Dwayne Cecil, who uh, was with NASA NOAA, and now he uh, heads the uh, mid- uh, the West Coast Water Research for uh, a, co- a group out of North Carolina, but he's been, I mean, involved with water research for years, and uh, he's a Ph.D., and I'm going to bring you two together in your team because his background is just like ours. Water, water, water should be the priority of all. Well, Jim, thank you for coming on. I want to thank your uh, team for uh, making arrangements for us to be on today. And uh, if you ever come If you ever come up with something you think that our audience needs to be educated about, because education, Jim, is vital. Yes, we agree, and thank you for the opportunity to talk about our story at Camp Riley and share it with your audience. Thank you. You have a nice day, and you be well. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Well, I've said many times that our, our guests, what we can learn, and here's a military camp that wanted to be able to protect during a, an emergency, the water source of the future and not depend upon uh, municipal sources. They learned how to recycle. And, yes, they learned. They started long ago. But since 2003 now, they've been able to master how to recycle water. And I think we, you need to go look that up at Camp Riley. And Riley is R-I-L-E-A, Oregon, Oregon National Guard. And do we love those guys and gals up there. Uh, my husband and I have been special guests through the years up there and uh, with the uh, Oregon National Guard, and we just cannot, our troops and our worldwide um, giving of our lives, which our heroes have done, our soldiers and warriors, there they did it again. They're now learning how to recycle water. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist, to supplement the surface of your eye. Did you know that surface is 98% all-natural water? You need a supplement. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product to supplement. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Sharon Olson. 
the World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Sharon, are you with us? Yes, I am. Well, they've got two Sharons today. <laughs> it was interesting. I was just listening to the tail end of your um, previous uh, interview with them. The person from the military about the ecosystems, and I just spoke to Dr. Robert Moore this morning, who's the president and executive director of Ocean River Institute out in um, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh huh. And he works a lot with the ecosystem, you know, trying to protect our, oh, our we'll oceans, our water, our and everything. So it was very interesting. Would you email us his name and everything, and it would be nice to have him on as a guest? I, I just thought of that earlier. Yeah. I thought it'd be he'd be a good person yeah. to be on. Well, Sharon, many years ago, uh, well. I found when I was studying um, stress, and I'd been president of American Cancer Society for a long time, and I found myself wondering when we have a patient that's diagnosed with a terminal diagnosis, why can't they fight it to live and beat it? Then I ran into stress and the stress on the body, and each person's so individual, and the individuality is dehydration. So when I studied the dehydration of the cell from the moment the baby was born and brought into that delivery room, that uniqueness of that life came from water. And um, when that baby began to live and move on in life, it was from moment to death because of dehydration. And I find myself water, 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 Sharon. I am uh, putting enormous amounts of money behind it and found myself with a huge medical team and lots of global attention. And what we're going to discuss with you today, though, is I come from dehydration research. And you have been studying the inflammation in the body is the root of the diseases, and you're looking at how to improve your health with minerals. And tell us how you got started with this. Uh, You've got a book. And you think that the the inflammation, uh, the minerals will help and better, and I'm going to say education too, Sharon. I'm a believer that education, education, education um, is vital to people because everybody has a different way to go about what they're trying to tell us and, and learn, what they're learning out there. But why did you decide to do what you're doing today? Well, because of my own health. You know, I've gone through, you know, gone to numerous physicians and gone all over trying to find out because I was exposed to chemicals, you know, in our environment and in our foods and everything, and I became toxic, basically toxic. 
mm-hmm. body. And I've been studying a lot about inflammation of the body. Mm-hmm. So now inflammation is now they're finding it's a root cause of all diseases. So if you've got now let's kind stop of, for a second. We I'm a I don't know. Are you a radio show host too? I do radio shows, but I okay. Not- I interrupt, and uh, I want my audience to know the reason I interrupt a lot is when the when my guest says something, it's really hard to go back and because the guest wants to keep moving on with education, mm-hmm. and I do too. But when you describe the word inflammation to us, what is inflammation? With that description to you, okay. Well, inflammation is the body's first reaction to heal itself, actually. And when it fails to shut down this inflammatory response, it becomes chronic and starts attacking its own system. So it's it's an inflammation um, that is linked to cancer, cardiovascular disease, rheumatoid arthritis. It's the the itch on the toe. Everything. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Your stress. Yeah, and and there's a lot of different things that can cause it. Right. The main thing that causes inflammation is, is actually fat. So um, anything that you eat in your diet, uh, such as if you went out and ate a big hamburger, they've done studies on the blood tests on it and found that your triglycerides can actually increase about 40% after right. a high-fat meal. I know. You know, can I back you causes... up for a second, though? I'm mm-hmm. going to correct you on something, and I know you won't mind. Mm-hmm. Drinking water, number one. Well, that's Drinking it flushes safe, out the pure, clean water enough a day to replenish those cells, up to 8 to 10 glasses, depending upon your stresses too. But back to the diet. You know, Sharon, I have on my medical team, almost everybody on my medical team across the country are uh, are surgeons too. And and we are finding, they're finding, and Harvard and all these different universities and research are finding diet, diet, diet. Right. You know, we have somebody here in the United States that said, or, or that nature isn't good. And what that person meant when I read it is the fact that when you're brought here to live, don't think all nature is good for you or all nature is good to for us individually. No two people have the same eyes. No two people have the same fingerprints. We're all living differently. We've got to learn to change our diet and, and you know, you're, it's, so, it's so funny because you talk to people and say you should be eating organic foods, wash your fruits and vegetables, all that, and they go, why? I, you know, why should I pay more for my foods? Why should I do this? Why should I, you know, I, I feel fine. I feel healthy. Well, look at yourself 10 or 20 years from now. Well, you, you know, yeah. uh, I look, uh, you know, I, I found myself, and you're going to laugh, Sharon, uh, I'm in my 70s, and I had when I had my first baby 49 years ago in April. I, when I found out I was going to have a baby, I was out. Oh my gosh, me have a baby! And Sharon, I started studying food. I mean, I was so worried I was going to eat something. I was going to eat something for somebody else I'd never met yet called a baby in there. That I better watch what I eat. So I t- I had books everywhere studying food. When she was born, yes, she. I started studying. I was studying before she was born to help her and uh, what to eat. And I had a second child five years later, same thing, food, eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband is from Holland. He, took, he picked up on it really quick. So what they were eating each meal each week and to this day what I do with my husband and I is so important with the diet. I'm not perfect, but I do do the best I can 
with what I have. My medical team, Sharon, are saying what you're saying. The diet is vital to your everyday life and your stress, the bloating, the everything. I don't care what it is. You've got to learn about how you eat and what's best for you, not what the person next to you at the table is eating. What well, is best the, for individuality? Look at the children nowadays. Children's increase in allergies in children. Oh, and everything. It, and what they eat, you know, what they have in school, now they're finding that they're going to have to change the foods at the schools even. But I think the problem, a lot of it, is, is everybody's on the go all the time, and they don't they don't fix proper meals for children. Uh, I'm going to say something and think because I know you're in research too. Uh, I think our taste buds changed. You know, along the way, uh, we got so into we had to taste it. It had to give us a thrill. It had to touch the tongue and mmm, I like that. Um, we've uh, children are being born today in the last three decades. Everything has to be tasting, and I'm going to probably get in trouble with this, but when Cheerios got to be too much carbohydrate and they were saying this is healthy heart, I was many times until they got their hands slapped recently, that, that carbohydrate is toxin building up in the cell. And it's too full, much full sugar. Of, full of sugar. You know. Yes. And then you've got wheat is another problem. Yeah. You know, they're finding a lot of people, you know, we weren't, the cavemen, they never ate wheat and all these other refined products that we have now. Well, the you know, Neuranthethal they... was the one, uh, we had a Neuranthethal and we had the Homo sapien as our originations, and the Neuranthethal believed in the vegetation and mm-hmm. the tree trunk and all that. Well, then here came the Homo sapien, and all of a sudden came our forefathers, and they invented a frying pan. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, and, and I don't know how old you are, but my family had gardens, even though maybe they could afford to go to the grocery store, but everybody had a garden and a pantry. Right, right. Then there came the invention of a freezer. <laughs> but, you know, in the United States, they think of... Um as adding flavor by throwing on ketchup or mustard or steak sauce. Oh, I Where know. Where in Europe, they probably use spices, you know, instead. So we have a completely yeah. different... It's all over the world. Basically. Now, tell us what you've been learning about the inflammation that's causing... Let's start out with the word stress. If you wake up in the morning and you feel exhausted and your attitude is not healthy, maybe there's something wrong with what you're eating. There's an inflammation. I'm looking at it with dehydration. But what have you been learning? Besides the diet, what are they going to do? What are people going to do about this? Well, you know, there's um, different things you can eat in the anti-inflammatory diet. You start mm-hmm. with um, don't eat anything processed, so you're going to eat all whole natural foods. It's really important, you know, to have your omega-3 fatty acids that you can get through, like, you know, wild salmon fish, plants. Um, you can get through nut oils such as flax seed oil and canola, and, and then there's omega-9 through olive oil. Mm-hmm. But eating, you know, it's important to eat things like walnuts, and your berries are really important. Um, you can get quercetin from Eight. apples and onions, which is an anti-inflammatory property. Mm-hmm. Uh, turmeric and garlic is good. Um there's just a lot of different things. There's also anti-inflammatory, you know, these anti-inflammatory supplements, but there's other ones that you can take too. Um, what and about then of getting you know, in? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, and then you know, it's very important to drink your purified water with minerals. So anything that's got electrolytes in it, because that's gonna clean out the toxins and all your um, anything that's in your system. Mm-hmm. Now, what about uh, like arugula and kale and 
and, and uh, broccoli. All your greens. And yeah, all your greens. Dark That's really green. important, your veggies and greens. And you should really green, focus, I think, more, more on your fruits and vegetables. Exactly. And less on meats, you know, because red meats is really, really bad for you, too. Very hard to digest. Yeah, sugar, sugars are really bad for you. Hard to digest. Really narrowing it down. (laughs) Well, you know, there was another one out there. Well, dairy products are really bad. Yeah. That's why there's so many people that are, you know, uh, have lactose intolerance because dairy causes inflammation. Exactly. uh, You know, and there's so many different things, forms of dairy. You know, even people think, well, what about yogurt? Well, yogurt's still dairy, a dairy product. So. Mm Well, you know what we're, I know I've got some of my medical team uh, that are unbelievably just, uh, I mean, right on uh, with, uh, with uh, more of a vegan diet. And, and, uh, and I've had on my show the author of The China Diet. I've had on my show to prevent heart disease, uh, prevent and reverse heart disease with the authors. And I could go on and on and on. Um, I'm a believer that we've got to have a little oil in our diet. Uh, because of the retention of water and moisture has to be retained. Mm-hmm. We don't want it to all dehydrate too quickly. Uh, now, what is, what is your particular <laughs> diet? What, what have you found that's working for you? I eat almost all fruits and vegetables. I'll eat chicken uh, or turkey. Um, I eat a lot of salads. And yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty limited. And then you know I I was snacking for a while on like yo- frozen yogurt, but I've even eliminated that now because mm-hmm. I felt it was causing inflammation. You get reflux from it and everything if you're lactose intolerant. Now, what is the symptom of of inflammation for you personally? Because I think a lot of people would wonder because everybody has a little different symptom. Uh, what is your symptom? Well, my symptoms is is my digestive tract. There we go. That's what I was after. Yeah, yeah that's that's the big one, I think. That digest is and the abdomen swelling up after you eat, having a little bloating shows. Well, that something the neck can be from, quite right. From dairy though too. Pardon? That can be from dairy though too. Yeah. Yeah. And not drinking enough water. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why babies that are malnourished have bloated mm-hmm. stomachs uh because of their not getting enough water. But well, back to you know, the often lose your joints, you know, you get real sore and all mm-hmm. sorts of things. There we go. By the way, have you ever heard about have you do you uh, have heard about um kombucha? Yes, I have some. Do you drink kombucha? Uh I tried a little bit of it. It's not the greatest tasting, but <laughs> I do have some like in different flavors. I was gonna try one, I think it was in guava. Because and that's really good if you can eat fermented foods for your stomach. Such as, like you said, a kombucha. You could drink. Um, you could eat like uh, sauerkraut, uh, pickles, anything that's fermented. Vinegar, vinegar with it. Yeah, all that if really helps that digestive tract moving. Keep it moving, uh, and drinking enough water. But the reason I brought up to you kombucha, I've had uh, several of the kombu- owner, founders of kombucha. I've had uh, uh, the kombucha with GT Dave. And by the way, if you if you have find there's all kinds of flavors, so finding the one you like. That's what but, I'm going to look. I saw some the other day that had uh, guava in it, and I'm going to try that one next because I yeah, love guava. Yeah. You'll find that it's very very good for inflammation. Um, but drinking water number one, but then having one kombucha a day uh, is really important. Uh, I find it to be exciting, and I've got a lot of people. In fact, we're living. Um, 
in a small town in southern Oregon. And the store here could not, the stores cannot believe their kombucha is just flying out the door. I've been drinking it for about two years. But again, uh, uh, that is a real good one for reducing inflammation. But, of course, water is number one. And then uh, your diet. And, you know, I have gotten so excited when I've had Harvard on here and they talk about with uh, the doctors They're saying that uh, salad, salad, salad. And isn't it fun, Sharon, to go to the produce department now and get a, quite a selection to, be, to make a salad? It doesn't look like a salad anymore by the time you ever put everything on there. <laughs> you what, what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I, I said it doesn't look like a salad anymore by the time you put everything on there. You know, because well, I put all it sorts is of fun. things on there. I told mothers at the YMCA when we've done health fairs, put get little like sandwich bags, throw in some dark greens like spinach and arugula or whatever, and then throw in some uh, cranberries or raisins. Yeah. Throw no, in some uh, fresh fruit and shake it up. You can even, if you want to have a little sweetness, put a little agave oil, I mean oil, agave syrup in there, a little tiny bit, just to get the coating on there. And it's better than eating, and the kids will love it. Oh, and maybe throw in a little bit of granola to add a little bit of granola and to apples it. And it's so Walnuts, much whatever. fun. But you know, oh, another thing that's good is lemon and uh, olive oil. A lemon, olive oil. Dressing. I spray lemon uh, out of a bottle, uh, lemon spray with a little bit of olive oil or uh, sesame oil and uh, maybe a little bit of balsamic vinegar on there. And uh, I've learned how to change it to the flavors with, oh, even adding a little bit of shredded uh, um, coconut. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of this, and like you just said, it doesn't look like the same No, salad. no, it doesn't. <laughs> I have the biggest bowl. And I eat the whole thing. Oh, me too. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but I, I have to tell you one, Sharon. Chop, I chop things up ahead of time. So I'm married to, to a Dutchman for, uh, that loves to eat, and and he sneaks off and gets his hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> so and recently, put a uh, form in front of him, a little article on inflammation. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, he's with me and my medical team. But anyway, back to recently, I had to go do something, and I said, oh, heck, let's stop at a fast food and just pick it up. We'll take it home. I'll have one. And I haven't had one for, oh, I bet two years, a hamburger. And I was all done, and I said to myself, Sharon, oh, my gosh, that's called committing suicide. (laughs) (laughs) And we call it, those of us who know the difference, cheating once in a while, knowing better. But where time is uh, over, uh, how do they find you? Um, my website is www.mcs for multiple chemical sensitivities. So it's mcs-resources.com. All right. And uh, today, and, and, and you have a book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where, how improve, do they find your book? It's Improve Your Health with Minerals. Mm-hmm. That can be ordered through Amazon. Okay. And I'm working on my second book on multiple chemical sensitivities and environmental illness. Okay. Yeah, it is our environment. That's what I tackle, Sharon, is that air we're living in. It's not as healthy as they take it for granted. It's, it's, it's going to get worse because the earth is changing. Oh, yeah, and, of course, warming. it's going to change. Global warming is causing so many problems. Well, I'll call it, 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 Earth has been changing since the beginning of the moment it began. It changes, and uh, we are moving on. But we'd like, I'd like increasing. to leave behind. Uh-huh. Sharon, I always say at the end of the show, Earth is whisping. Don't take it all with you. <laughs> leave something behind. 
Well, I enjoyed having you on. If you ever have another <laughs> subject that you want to talk about or we forgot something today, call Polly Featherton, my program person, and let's, we'll have you on again. Okay, great. I you that. have a nice day, and you be yeah. well. Thank you. Bye. I know. Well, did you learn? In fact, I was it was being announced recently on national television with some of the universities that all agree, build your daily diet around your salad. <laughs> In other words, build a salad up with dark greens. Get a lot of minerals and digestive. Uh, get Reduce that inflammation with your salad. And remember, if you're going to cheat that day, be sure you have a nice big salad. Okay? Well, we learned a lot today about recycling water and how important that is with the Oregon National Guard with James Arnold and Sharon Olson, who's the author of Improve Your Health with Minerals. Embrace your life every special moment because, because it's somebody else's life too. So embrace their life with you. But Earth Whispers, don't take it all with you. Don't say goodbye and take it with you. Earth is whispering. Leave yourself behind, too. You are great. You are special. You are brought here for a reason. So leave something behind. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to thank all of our special guests through the period of time. This has been exciting for me. I, I've got lots of rewards from this show. I want to thank World Talk Radio, Voice America, Apple iTunes, Polly Featherton, and my secretary, Bonnie Mark. You have a nice day, and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 